welcome to the Photodox podcast, A House is a House is a House. The exhibition with the same title will be on display from June 7th until July 4th at Lothringer Treizenhalle in Munich. In the following podcast, we present a conversation between the photographer Henk Wildschut, who shows his work Rooted at Photodox 2021, and Jörg Kopmann, who is a freelance photographer, curator, artist, author, and publisher. We are pleased to present this talk. Hi, Hank. Hank Wiltschut. I'm pleased to have a conversation with you about the work that you are presenting at the Photodox 2021 issue. But it appears that it's hard to talk only about that specific work because it is a bigger complex. You actually worked on a series that is called Rooted, published as a book and presented as an exhibition in Munich. And that's the third part of something people might call a trilogy. I don't know how much that was intended, but before you published the book um, Ville de Calais, and the first one in that series was Shelter. And I would start with a question on how the whole early decision-making and interest and first impulses into telling about migration, refugee and immigration topics in in where in Europe or the world and all these things, how, how it actually started out for you to find that work. Well, uh, thank you, Jörg, uh, to uh, having me here. It's a pity that we can't meet live, of course. Um, Yes, the, 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 the story, uh, my fascination about this story developed slowly, actually. It's, it, it's not that I intended to, to make a, uh, a trilogy and I, I didn't intend to spend so much time on, on this topic. Uh, I, w I was interested when I started with photography in uh, social, um, social issues uh, um, around me. Uh, and so when I just finished art school, I, I I lived in Amsterdam and I I looked around just to see what 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 do I um, find what do I find interesting and also um, what kind of stories uh, are hidden for me. So at that point I was I was doing uh, research around the harbors in Amsterdam uh, because you know like we live in a in this uh, city with a lot of water. And there is a huge harbor, but uh, you hardly see it because it's just hidden. So with a colleague of mine, Raymond Wauda, I, um, I, I started a project to just research our direct surroundings. And then, like, I think in the third week of this project, I discovered this small uh, article in a newspaper about um, a ship, uh, uh, an Indian ship which uh, was arrested by the Dutch government. They're not allowed to sail because um, there was asbestos on board of the ship and the ship would, would be wrecked in India on the shore. So our um, uh, environmental minister, he wanted to, stay, to make a president like uh, we're stopping this exporting of, um, of asbestos to India and he arrested the ship. And so I was at that point, uh, sorry, this is, is a long introduction. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> but at that, po at that point, I was very interested in India. I, I traveled a lot to India. So as soon as I saw India, I was, in, I was uh, focused. So I, I said, well, let's go and go to the ship. So I came there um, uh, on, on the shore, or shore and this, you have like the bridge going into the ship. And so we walked into the ship, and as soon as I opened the port uh, and I stepped into the ship, I was bam! I was in India because the smell, you know, like, and it's only like like one centimeter of steel uh, between the reality in in Amsterdam and the reality in India. So it was like going back and forth to India, Amsterdam, like in this one centimeter. It was crazy. So at that point. You know, I was already in my mind very much um, busy with this idea of hidden worlds, uh, uh, things I didn't know. And uh, we asked them if we could make take pictures on board. And first, it was not possible. And later on, the story developed. And this, this ship was uh, arrested for a long time. 
So and then we became friends, and um, um, I've been taking pictures for one and a half year on board of the ship, and the situation uh, really went sour. Uh, at one point, the owner of the ship he took his hands off. So these uh, these uh, thirty Indian crew members were just abandoned, and they were literally stuck between the shore and the ship. Uh, and then uh, the story developed, and then uh, they asked us to. Um, to publish these images uh, and to make a story about the situation and then uh, the story came out and this was a huge uh, storm after this because uh, many people were really um, angry that a situation like this happened in, the, in, in, uh, in Amsterdam in the harbor and within, within a month uh, the, the, the story of these sailors was solved. So, and um, this was such a, a rewarding experience. Uh, at, at the same time, I also realized that it was like once, once in a lifetime experience that photography actually can mean so much to people, you know? Because, uh, uh, because we, we pointed our focus on this issue and it was solved. Now, that, that hardly ever happens. It never happened with me again. Um, so, but then... Um, then I, I started to be interested in these, uh, these, these people who are uh, marginalized, uh, uh, stuck between two realities of um, uh, uh, government, of an owner. And then I, I started to see the, the, the direct link with immigrants, illegal immigrants and refugees. I mean, you know, like many of the refugees or immigrants, uh, they, they pay a huge amount of money to uh, smugglers to go uh, to Europe and the sailors, young sailors, they were tricked into this same work. I learned that, um, that sailors uh, in India, they have to actually pay to get um, uh, education on board of a ship. So many of these young sailors, they came on board of the ship. The owner already knew that the ship was rested. And uh, even though he, he asked $5,000, $10,000 to, uh, to these young uh, cadets to go on board of the ship to get an education they never got. So, you know, these young people, they were uh, already ruined and the families as well because they had loans, you know. Um, so it actually was the same story as, as refugees, but then uh, on a sort of, you know, weird... Uh, legal way so and then so this was I I, uh, I finished this book and then I started thinking what can I do in a similar situation and then I came onto this refugee uh, uh, story well, when, and then in what year are we now this is this is in, is in 2001 2001-2003 and then in 2005, I was commissioned by um, uh, Medicine Sans Frontières to go to, in, uh, to Pakistan. There was an earthquake and um, I, I made a documentary and then I saw, uh, first time in my life, I saw a re uh, actually uh, a refugee camps and disaster areas. And I'm not a journalistic photographer, you know, like I'm a documentary photographer. I, I'm not interested in disasters, but then... I came there, and but I didn't see disaster. I saw uh, resilience. I saw people trying to build up their life uh, in a quick way. So there's a new level in it. And then I started to realize my position as a photographer. Um, so I, you know, I was commissioned to actually make disaster images because they sell, and it's good for NGOs to show things like this. But I didn't see it. I saw resilience. I saw people. Uh, with a lot of power and so that, at that point I saw uh, an image of a, a refugee camp from the Red Cross where people actually that day uh, created um, small gardens around their tent putting the flowers in it and for me this image was such a, 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 a experience that I, I thought wow you know this is really um, a topic uh, I want to show refugee camps, refugees in a different way. Mm -hmm. And then I came home uh, with the idea in my mind, uh, going around the world to refugee camps, 
but you know like trying to get the funding or whatever um, uh, it wasn't possible and then I read again in a newspaper a small article about uh, refugees in Calais uh, in the forest and so I just went there uh, it's like you know, three hours drive from Amsterdam and uh, and there I, I discovered Pakistani uh, refu- uh, immigrants and refugees in the forest from Calais so th- this is the way it started it's a long introduction sorry for that <laughs> yeah yeah no, but it's a nice picture with that um, ship like first the interest of a very a locally connected political decision of we don't want to send or we shouldn't send our waste into the world and we shouldn't put our problems onto others and just get rid of some of those things and already just around your house in the harbor kind of the world is connected with you and um yeah. this moment it it's really surprising always that it still feels hidden how connected yeah. things are um, but if you find the chance to look into something a little bit closer and with a certain patience and interest in, in, into the layers then the whole thing unfolds and that's a nice introduction into kind of how a photographic work can um, start at some point and grow into something differently than expected and it's funny to hear also this role of the photographer because it it is such a um, stereotype of the photographer can reveal things and have an influence into how the world develops Um, and there was so much this discussion and dialogue if any of the photographer would ever change something for real or if and it's good to hear that moment that it it does in some way that things get public and some attention gets to a topic and it creates a a pressure um, and uh, the more people you share and people know about it the more power you you get in a certain way um but but you know also like this, this you, you you i think you remember this image of this boy Ailan, who died in, a, uh, in, in Turkey. This image was hugely um, um, powerful and, and, and changed a lot. But, you know, like, not the real, real problem, but it, it causes so much rumor. Yeah, it's good you named that particular picture because there were quite um, a lot of um, curatorial and artistic uh, reflections on that as well. I don't know if you got a chance to see or hear about um, the Leipzig Photo Festival from 2018 yeah, yeah, yeah. or 19. Yeah. Um, and they published a catalog in a book about that image and what it influenced and also kind of how the internet kind of worked with that image and stuff. It became a, like a really deep research and reflection on some of those images that grow into a a common knowledge of images and stand for something okay i i will i will uh, um, connect on this don't wait until later because because uh, you know like when this happened i was working in calais in the in in this huge camp and um I saw I saw what ha- what what this Im- inf- uh, what the influence of this image um, um, meant. So uh, I, at that point, when I was working in Calais, I was already working for ten years in Calais. So I uh, I started in Calais, uh, what I just told you in two thousand five, and uh, that was the first time I came there. And um, uh, when I when I came when I came into the first time. I, I went to this small forest. It's really small. It's like 500 meters by, uh, long, uh, 300 meters wide, and it were, were uh, like it was filled with li- these little um, um, shelters. And um, uh, but it was totally marginalized. Nobody helped them. There was a, a few NGOs who actually not not even yeah NGOs uh, volunteers who, who who helped. 
And these volunteers were there for all the time, you know, like from 2005 until 2015, it was only like this small group who actually provided them food and whatever. And then um, 2015, uh, this camp became bigger and bigger. And, um, uh, and then the, uh, this, this image came. Suddenly there were a ton of uh, volunteers and, um, and there were these young people uh, uh, who, are, who were very eager to help because they, they, th they thought this is enough, you know, like after seeing this image, you know, we need to change something. I felt the same, you know, I felt really confused at that point because I thought, well, you know, what, what can I, 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 I actually, because how far can this go, you know, like, um, and then, uh, and this same frustration, all these people uh, with all their good intentions, they reflected their frustrations on, into the camp of Calais. Uh, so there were like uh, one example, uh, a young couple, uh, to, uh, uh, um, um, uh, they raised money in London and in one weekend, they had like 150,000 pounds in one weekend. And so they didn't know what to do with all the money. You know, so they just went to Calais, you know, and just started thinking about crazy things like uh, free Wi-Fi telephone systems. So they actually built it. And then like after a week, the French government came along and they said, well, you know, it's not allowed to have a, um, a public Wi-Fi system. Take it away, like 50,000 pounds gone, you know, like this, this amount, this happened, you know. So when you talk about all these art things, then all the artists came, you like Banksy and whatever. But what actually changed the situation? Nothing. You know, it made it better. It became a sort of festival, you know. So it was at one point there were, in my opinion, there were more uh, volunteers in the camp than actually refugees, you know. And there were, um, uh, there were, people who took care uh, of the mental issues of the volunteers, you know, and so yeah, like, yeah, it became really crazy. So well, this is a side part, but it's, that it, it was very interesting. At what point did you notice that um, for you, it, it really takes a lot of time and your attention and your interest keeps on being on that topic because something like you just explained that suddenly a big media attention and volunteers come in but um you, you gotta have a certain stubbornness or a very long-term cu curiosity to mm. keep on going there and how, how did you deal with that like did you have a yeah. certain concept of i'll go there each month I'll stay just for a day or stay just yeah, give yeah. us a little picture of like how yeah. the process into going through the years going back and back kind of yeah. developed and changed well you know like <clears throat> it, it didn't uh, it, it it just started with curiosity but also like curiosity to the situation but also in how do I want to tell this story in a, um, in a way which is honest and uh, truthful without any sentiment, uh, without any prejudice, uh, you know, like, so this was my investigation. And actually this took me uh, uh, quite a few years to really get the, uh, the, the, the point sharpened, you know, like, so, uh, because I, you know, I, I didn't decide it uh, in one time uh, that I wanted to do um, uh, the story like shelter in the way I did, you know. So um, I started. I started in two thousand five, two thousand six, taking images of of the shelters. Um, I've got the book here. In a very typological way, you know, like um, um, so. This is in um, uh, in in Spain, um, uh, but this is in Calais. Um, so uh, you know, like. I went there many times and every sometimes I was uh, happy with it and then uh, I came home and I looked at the images and I you know I start to reflect on it what do I want to tell and the next time you go back and you try to do it better and then you know like 
So this was a developing thing, and then I I thought, well, I want to expand it. I want to I want to see how uh, how things are uh, moving along in other places in Europe. Uh, and then you know I. I think I spent one year taking pictures and I didn't use any any of these images in my book or in exhibitions or whatever. It was just in my uh, archives because I went into a wrong track. You know, I went into um, uh, squats. I went to, um, uh, you know, really um, uh, sh shanty town uh, type of things in Madrid and in, you know, all these it, it, it wasn't what I wanted to tell. I discovered that I wanted to tell the story of people who were on the move, who were in transition, who are uh, not really stuck and not... Uh, um, so, like, a train station in Rome uh, fulfilled my criteria because the people... Uh, and uh, the city of Patra also, because in Patra people try to go uh, across the water to Italy but uh, the squats in Rome and the squats in Madrid, they didn't because people were already settled. So I was not looking at for settlements. I was looking for people who would make temporary shelters because that, that reflected the vulnerability of the situation to me. So, you know, all these things, and I can only reflect on it by doing it, bringing it back home reflect on it maybe for a week or a month or six months and then move on. So that was one part. Um, and then uh, a new situation happened and it was like Calais uh, in 2015. I was already, uh, 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 Shelter was published in 2011. And so I, uh, I thought, well, I move on. I told the story, you know, um, now I want to investigate something else. But then the situation changed and I felt that I had to go back to Calais to just see what happened. And this was actually before the whole media attention came. So I was there very early. And, um, but I felt really confused because I thought, well, you know, I'm going to do the same thing as I did before. No, because, you know, that's not interesting. And then I was in another project. I was already busy with uh, uh, following up images, you know, like going to the same spot back. You know. So I thought, well, maybe this is an approach. So I went to the same spots. I started in 2006. I went back in 2015, see how does a forest look like uh, after so many years. And, do, and I, I only wanted to do this to show uh, that the situation continues, you know, like, and and um, and nature change. They try to um, to um, um, overgrow um, the scars of the of the history. So the, and at that point, I decided when the camp started um, in uh, 2015 to just follow. Uh, the development of one place and so I decided I'm going to follow this place uh, this specific point until the end and the end was that it was back to nothing you know so so this was this was the new concept uh, and I wanted to only like be like almost like um, a typical uh, yeah a land meter you know like somebody is really consistently going back that was the only real concept yeah um, I think that when when I saw these um, to me that was one of the most convincing moments into um, any story I have seen about um, these topics because we're so used in photography to see kind of a fraction of something in the framing and in the time especially and this what you named before of just the interest disappears in, in the bigger picture um, but things don't disappear um, and that you have the concept and also kind of the conviction of this is a way to tell actually that time is a core part into kind of the experience of mm -hmm. being in transition and 
yeah, I, I really like that narrative kind of yeah. thing. You, you know, like like the narrative was 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 more. It, I you know, it sounds strange, but what I'm going to say, but actually, I'm not. I was not so much interested in the situation in the camp itself. I was I was more interested in the phenomenon, and I I just wanted to. And my bigger um, uh, message in this image is that that um, that that it's time exactly what you said you know like and it's changing but it's it's there you know and it's developing and it's going up and down and up and down but it's not not mo moving away you know uh, it's, it's there and the problem is there and we have to solve it in a different way than we try to do it now i, I position myself really as an outsider you know so i had like this almost this autistic way of looking at things you know like going back to the same spots or every so i had like this circle i had this round i um my my working method was that i i went there in the morning very early or sometimes i slept in calais uh, in a hotel not in the camp um, um I, I did this very deliberately because i didn't want to uh, because i i just I could i can afford a hotel you know uh, I have a passport, I have money, so I can afford an hotel. So why, in God's name, would you like to sleep in a, in a, in a refugee camp and, be, and when refugees would not even like to sleep in there, you know? So I thought it was very, um, in, my, in my way of thinking, it's, um, it's almost insulting to do. I think it's an insult as, uh, when you have the money to sleep in a refugee camp. So I went there very early in the morning, started my round, uh, uh, and then uh, I didn't need to talk to anybody. So there was also, uh, I didn't have any, any problems. I can just do my thing, you know, um, because at one point it started to be quite scary uh, in the camp. And then at the point that everybody was waking up around 11 o'clock, um, uh, you know, I, I did other things. So I started to do conversations and I, I, I met friends because I made friends at, at the point, uh, you know, I, and then I took the pictures around. So first part, it was only like the, the methodological way. And then the, the rest of the day, I, I did nice things. Yeah. Um, now that you talk about kind of your name, that you made friends with some um, that decision making of you meet people in shelter you follow their um, habitations and kind of their pragmatism of shaping something protective in a way um, I don't know if you um, have a lot of portraits in your archive <laughs> that you um, decided not to show um, but the question of the image of an individual person in a situation like that mm. how did that feel into a, do you want to keep that in or out or it, w it was very deliberately uh, to take them out because it, you have to understand I I'm, I'm my background is a portrait photography for a photographer before, uh, especially in the first years after art school and also during art school, for me, a picture without a human face in it or a human being in it wasn't a picture. I mean, you know, like I, I, I just, for me, it was like I could only take portraits because I thought that was the most interesting thing. And this started to change uh, during my profession as, as a portrait photographer for newspapers because I thought, you know, like not many people I actually took pictures of really liked my images, you know, the, 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 I, you know so it was another thing. I started to get conflict with it because I did, I just did my own thing. It wasn't, it wasn't about them. It was about me, you know, like most portrait photographers, they only take pictures of themselves, not about people that, you know. But that's a different story. But um, uh, then, but the real uh, eye opener to me was um, a conversation I had with one of the sailors from the ship. Uh, I took, it was arrested. I, I made a book, um, my first book called Sandrine. Uh, so that was my first book about the ship. And um, um, so I, I went to India um, and I, I, 
I visited the, the, the boys and I, I brought books. And I was very proud. It was my first book, you know. And they all, they, they, they took it, you know, and I thought and they were really polite. They said, oh, thank you very much, for, you know, for the book. And it just, they didn't even look at it. They just put it aside. And I said, you know, I thought, wow, well, strange, you know. I said, uh, you know, you don't like the book? And I said, well, Hank, you know, we really appreciate what you did for us, you know, and you're a, f a friend forever, you know, like, uh, and, uh, but, you know, we don't, we just, we just don't want to be remembered to this whole situation because you know like this for us it was another very nice uh, uh, experience it was only like this very short moment in our lives and now we just want to move on and you made a book and you um, you give it to us to remember but we don't want to remember you know and I thought wow you know this, this is something I never thought about you know so and then when I was working in Calais uh, I was thinking about this, and then I I, I realized that there was there was no um, any benefit for uh, refugees uh, or immigrants or people you know like uh, 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 the people I I met that I would take pictures of them. It wasn't there was no point for them, and actually it was no point for me as well because I could tell the story without them. You know because. At that point, I started to develop the idea that, like, what people create is much tells much more about them than the actual face. I get this question a lot: Why, you know, do people actually ask me? Do you actually talk with people? You know, because there there are no images in from people in your book, you know. And as you understand, like the uh, the the amount I'm talking now, I do talk a lot, you know. So and also with people in the camp, but you know, like I. Uh, um, so that, but that's a different thing, you know. I was very happy that I could just talk with people, be honest and frank, without asking them, "Can I take a picture of you?" Because it starts to be more embarrassing and more embarrassing to do. Because um, uh, why would I say yes, you know? Uh, so, so th this is the way it developed that I, I, I didn't want to take. Uh, pictures of people except for uh, Ville de Calais you find some images uh, of people but I only did it because I know know I know these people you know I, I can follow up them uh, I can just I can call them all uh, at this moment you know and and that and because that it felt honest to do it, it actually it felt like a tribute to them and they uh, they like it um, so yeah, because you know another thing what I, where I also uh, often state is like for example like one of these guys I take pic a picture of it's in my book you know like uh, and then uh, this person is going to be very very successful in 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 England you know he's going to be the new minister of um, immigration you know whatever and then this book of Hank Wilschut shows up and it shows him it shows him in Calais you know you know, so I, I, so this is something I, I'm aware of. Yeah, I, I just want to say one more thing about it because, what, I, what I told you about these guys in, in, in the ship, and what they learned to me, and it's also the same for refugees. Um, it's for them. It's only a moment, in their life. You know, so they had like the dream and the hope that they actually, going somewhere where it's better. You know. And, and the amount of suffering they, they, they went through to this whole process of going through um, all, all, the, all the shit they had to go through, uh, you know, through the mountains and the oceans and uh, uh, to, go, to end up in Calais uh, being uh, cold and miserable. For them, it's only bearable because they know it's a moment in their life because they have, have a goal, they have hope. Um, so, so they just want to forget. Yeah. yeah. Do you think at all it's possible in that way of a European bureaucratic way of handling cases and individual stories into they are entitled to be refugees and the others are not accepted and need to be sent back in some way or they get illegal? Can you divide into kind of he or she has a reason and the other one 
doesn't have a reason. No, but you know, I, I, I'm so happy I'm not a politician. You know, I I'm a photographer. I can just uh, so and because I don't have an answer to this. You know, I I do understand that um, that it's not possible to just to just open the gates. Uh, but um, I wish it would po be possible and I think it could be possible but then uh, you know I don't know how but uh, it, it's it's very complicated uh, complex so and, th and this is also um, what you see is like my struggle with this question is that I don't pretend to be an activist you know I only I'm I'm an observer you know I I, I want to tell the story in a new way that's also uh, um, I want to um, raise questions and just put a story in a in a humane aspect with a certain distance because I think this is the most important thing that people uh, don't react on emotions uh, or on um, prejudice or whatever but just look at the situation try to um, um, reflect it in with your own ideas that's also Basically, this is the the core of my photography that I want to take pictures, which which you as an outsider uh, can connect to. You know, um, uh, so like the images of shelters, um, I took I took it like that you can almost see it as a like a children's uh, hut in the forest. You know, you can pretend yourself into it. Um, uh, and you can just reflect on it like okay what what would I do you know in a situation like this would I be uh, capable to build a shelter like this you know or um, and, it's, and, and when we go into the topic of rooted you know you know like uh, like like the flowers so like rooted was like it's like the, the last part for me um, um, when I discovered this phenomenon of gardens you know this is something i could really relate to because i i love gardening myself and i know how important plants and beauty are you know to feel uh, good about yourself so th th that's why i wanted to make this story about uh, plants uh, in refugee camps to to make the connection with the viewer with you um uh, into the topic yeah i think that's um, this immediate quality of those pictures it really doesn't <laughs> need three sentences you see these plants and the decoration and you totally feel connected and un it, it's not a mystery what's going on or something or why would no. that happen kind of it as a certain surprise because the moment of all these biased and kind of perceptions of oh well refugees are kind of in a misery and in a misery the the idea of starting a garden would be probably not the first um, idea no. and to see that and say like well even in an unfortunate situation that impulse is something you can relate to and you can understand this is a really nice quality another thing is like i also remind for me it's like an underlining the the amount of power and resilience of these people because i don't know if i would be capable uh, to to actually uh, uplift myself in the situation that i think you know okay i live in this shithole you know i live in this horrible place but i want to make something nice you know i i just want to um, rebel against this um victim the victimizing uh, thing of a of a of refugee camp i just want to uh, state that I'm a human being and I make a, a nice garden around me. I think it's just amazing that people have this power of doing it, you know. And um, uh, yeah, so and, and and one other thing in my approach, I also changed because uh, I I decided uh, when I was uh, uh, focusing on this uh, on this new project, rooted, not to talk about their situation as a refugee anymore. No, only when they do it themselves but only talk about plants and about gardening about but you know how great it was and what the um and what kind of pl plants where they were from you know like and so we had like this this very 
uh, nice open conversations. And I saw that people were just really happy and relieved, you know, that there was not this white guy coming from Europe uh, 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 and, and asking about like, oh, wow, this is really bad, isn't it? And, uh, you know, like, because they only get these questions uh, from outsiders. Yeah. And suddenly there was somebody who was only asking about plants and, you know. So I can imagine you know a lot about plants. You even told me that you have a garden. You live with your family in Amsterdam with a garden. But when you talk about plants, it's less about a garden you named, but in the pictures you see a lot of pot plants and flowers and decorative plants. What was the experience and your reading of the situations in how these plants appear um, and are being taken care of? Can you describe a little bit what it did, just seeing it and talking about it? I think it's more, more to that than uh, the uh, specific gardening. I think it's like a way of expressing that you you're having like an orderly an orderly life, you know, like um, uh, that that you that you appreciate beauty. And why I I think uh, about this is that um, what well what happens what happens if you if you go into a refugee camp where people have gardens uh, immediately as an outsider you feel welcomed, you know. Uh, because uh, this brings the connection, you know. Uh, you feel that people are taking care of themselves, uh, and, and they're uh, and not about uh, only about their surroundings, but also to their mental health. And this is only all, everything is is the plant is a reflection on this. Because I experienced when you go into a camp where there is a lot of uh, dirt and chaos and it felt very uh, uh, it, it can be very scary but is it is this camp are these people actually different than um, than a, a camp where there are flowers you know like so this is really weird isn't it so and the, the camp is a, the same you know uh, only like the way uh, people react in the camp is different um, so this is one one thing uh, 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 I noticed. Uh, so it's like a more a mental thing. So it doesn't ma matter if you if you have like um, a rural background of a garden, uh, because you can always learn. And even if you live in a flat in Amsterdam or New York, whatever, and you've been away for a long time, uh, some people that just buy flowers from the flower shop and put the flowers into their flat and your home, you know. So, um, so like, so I think that's it's more the gesture of this uh, attention uh, what what they what they express. So I I take care because it's the same. What I also ex experienced in Calais, I never noticed. I know from uh, psychology, but how important a smile is, you know. So um, uh, when people are smiling, you know, it's like a reflex. That, that this is what we learned. So it's like you, you smile and you say, "Don't, don't be scared." You know, um, we have, we can, we can relate. Or so if you don't smile back, then you know you start to um, be more aware. You know, so so these are very su sudden, uh, subtle things. And th this is what I, when I was uh, going along these uh, situ these camps. I start to be very aware of, you know, like uh, these were my six six sense. Uh, uh, if I can go to a place, yes or no, you know, are you welcome? Yes or no, you know, these all these things. Yeah. So how did it end with the three books? Kind of was that the moment of okay, now I have the garden, I have this positive uh, narrative and a very strong connecting moment in the third part and that's kind of a nice ending for that or did you f f have two or three other things that are floating around and you or is it done or how does that process work after years of ending something well you know like when i uh, finished shelter uh, uh, my wife was very happy 
because uh, you know, like uh, she she thought I was addicted to Calais, going back and forth because I, I went there so many times, and then uh, she she was very happy that I ended. And then when um, feel the, when the news story came, she was like, "Oh my God, there we go again!" And and then became really bad, you know, because the the field of Calais that really took a lot of time, you know. So I I went there so many times. Um, so, but you know, like when I was working on Ville de Calais, I already knew that I was going to do rooted, um, uh, or, or, or going to do rooted. It was uh, not existing in my mind, but I was going to focus on this last chapter or this chapter on flowers. But um, it did. It's not what I, it was. Never a deliberate decision to make three books. But I felt that I was. Um, uh, I was. Um, I came to the end of my the way of interest and also about the, the story I could tell, you know, and you know, like I start to be uh, too. I, I had too much knowledge. Uh, my curiosity faded away, and then I start to be skeptical, and in some um, uh, in some situations scared, you know. Uh, so I lost my uh, ignorance. That's the, the that's the and I, I really need ignorance to 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 take the pictures I want to take. Mm -hmm. um, so at that point I decided I had to stop uh, in this topic. Maybe in a later stage I always said you know I'm I'm going back to Calais when there is a real um, uh, when they started to building um, the secondary uh, city in stone. You know, because I predict that there will be uh, refugee camps uh, forever in Europe, you know. So, but maybe not in, in the near future, but, you know, we all know what's going to happen. There was one terminology you just named, something that felt a bit surprising on that you lost your... Ignorance. Ignorance, ignorance, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you would have a photo student um, who would be interested to work on something and he, you come up and say like, um, yeah, don't forget to be ignorant. That might cause a little bit of a confusion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> can, yeah, yeah. can you describe a little bit like what that means? What I mean. Yeah, how that works. You know, now, people, you know, so, sometimes, you know, like... Um, if I describe to my wife or to other to friends what I what I did, you know, like walking around with the camera uh, through bushes, um, you know, not knowing where I would end up, um, uh, you know, um, I d I didn't feel at one point threatened, you know, um, uh, and also in in situations which could have been threatened, threatening, you know, like. Um, at one point, I walked into the bushes of uh, Dunkirk, and really remote uh, outside uh, in the dunes, and I I came into this uh, small camp of like five uh, yeah five uh, tents, mm -hmm. and so I went into the, and some some guys came out and I knew exact immediately shit this is really not a good place because these were Kurdish smugglers, so you know like. Um, and uh, you know they're quite dangerous guys because they had a lot to lose and then uh, I you know I said and they, they looked at me like and I said well you know hi guys uh, I'm a photographer and uh, you know I make this uh, this uh, reportage and uh, you know um, I, I make a contest about who's got the nice nicest interior of the camp and they looked at me like you know what the fuck you know and then this guy said oh yeah come you have to see this, you know. And then, uh, then he took me to this place, and um, and it was this one. And I said, "Wow, you know, this is great." And I took a picture, and then I said, "Well, I think I've got the the prize winning uh, interior." And then, and then, uh, then he took me to another one, you know, like this one. So I've got, you know, and then. Uh, uh, 
then I said, you know, so I had like this really funny conversation about the uh, interior contest. And uh, so we started about uh, talking about like, wh what did you do and why? And uh, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, after like 15 minutes, I, I said, well, I thought I need to leave. And then uh, somebody, somebody else told me also I had to leave because somebody else was coming, you know. So I, so you, um, I, I played with this uh, ignorance, you know. So I, I am. Um, so, but it was a conscious way of not uh, going into this prejudice, also, you know, because you you can approach somebody. I just wanted to approach people fairly. And not uh, with the, uh, so I don't want I don't want to think about okay these guys are Kurdish smugglers that have guns and new uh, no they're guys who just sleep here and have a, like a nice interior you know yeah <laughs> and it's the same the same in uh, in Lebanon you know like uh, you know. If you start about talking about plants in the Hezbollah areas, uh, you know, like basically you you have to be careful. But uh, you know, like it's a different conversation. Sometimes you, you, I need I needed to um, to play with with not going into the prejudice and into the fear and all these things, you know. But also it also mean that I was not going into misery and sorrow. So it's like these both things, not going to one, but also not going to the other. When you got the info from Photodox about the whole thing, at some point, I guess they named the title, a house is a house is a house. Mm -hmm. um, did you feel like, okay, they want to present shelter because this seems to be with houses or did you have any associations on, on how they they see your work or in what context or what their title has to do with your work can you remember any of those thoughts no. i i could understand why why they came to this yeah it's 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 really a shelter or It's it's so it's so much more than only a house, you know. Um, it means so much. I mean, uh, it's it's like a basic need, you know. And in in a house, all these different um, needs are just taking shelter. <laughs> so that's so. It's like like this this uh, Maroska doll, you know. What, how do you call it? Mar yeah, yeah, Russian doll. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I uh, I need to go. Yeah, it's I'm a Sunday. To my mother uh, to uh, take her outside. Super, Hank. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah, all these pleasure. infos. Um, we'll stay in touch on 